So welcome, everybody, again to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am your host, John Robb. Unfortunately, my co-host, Jeff Ferris, is not with us today. But that's okay. We are going to forge ahead with a fantastic author that we got coming up for you on the show today. Uh, it is New York Times bestselling author Alan First. He's going to be talking about his latest book called Under Occupation. Uh, it's going to set in 1942 in occupied Paris. So you can know that it's going to be set in that World War II time. I want to remind everybody, of course, that all of our shows are brought to you by Kensington Books. So visit kensingtonbooks.com and Suspense Magazine, of course. So visit suspensemagazine.com for more information on everything that we got going on. So without any further ado, we want to welcome Alan to the show. Alan, thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks for having me, John. So again, Under Occupation is your latest book, um, set in World War II, of course, like many of your other stories. Uh, you know, you're, you are one of the spy thriller writers uh, in the generation, so it's an extreme pleasure to talk to you on the phone. But give us a little bit about what you got going on here in uh, Under Occupation. Um, Under Occupation is based, it began, I suppose, uh, many years ago. Um, the first time I went to Paris, um, I, I had this strange feeling. Um, I mean, it was beautiful and it was incredibly moving and um, I, I, I was uh, more or less in tears the first time I ever ate a poulet roti. You know, the thing hit me. Full, full face. However, <laughs> I did have this feeling: what's wrong here? I, I feel I felt somehow that there was something wrong. And as I as I worked through it later, I realized that these people, the pe this city, ha had been occupied by the Germans um, during World War II, um, mm -hmm. and. Uh, it never got over it. I guess that's what I guess that's the best way I can put it. That's what I felt at the time. That there, I don't know what I was sensing or feeling or perceiving. You know, with that strange kind of unconscious part of you that picks up things that your conscious part doesn't. But but that's that's what I felt. Mm -hmm. Now when you're when you're going back and you're having to, you know, set a book back in the time, like I said, like in 1942, um, back in that time frame, and, you know, you're having to put people back into that time frame, how difficult is it to, to grasp them and to, to put them in there? I don't, I don't find it that hard. I've spent so much time working in that period that I'm instinctive about it now what people had, what they didn't have. Um, you know, for example, at that time in France, um, it was still true that 50% of the people lived and worked uh, in an agricultural situation. That's certainly not true now, but um, it was true then. And um, there was a very sharp difference between uh, the villages and the small towns outside Paris and Paris, which is, you know, more than a capital, it's kind of more like a capital of the world or the capital of Europe or, you know, the, more, more, more than just the capital city of a European country. Right. I mean, it's, I, I guess you could say it's probably one of the top ten most recognizable cities in the world, and regardless, like you said, if it's the capital or not, I mean, it's 
freaking Paris. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to put ahead of it. You know, you say one yeah, of the you, top ten. What, what? 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 What are some of the other nine? You know, I think really you know, it stands alone, um, unless you're talking about an Asian audience, and then then it might be different. But in terms mm-hmm. of an American or Canadian or European audience. Paris is instantly meaningful in all kinds of ways. I will add that as I write these books, I really believe uh, that many of my readers, maybe maybe a majority and maybe more, a little more than a majority, have actually been to Paris. Um, and I count on that. Uh, I always wonder, you know, I'm not going to translate bonjour, Although this <laughs> right. people who don't know what that means, but I'm not right. Not we should know that one. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and and you know, and and that's and that's funny because you know you do kind of have to throw you know you throw those French words in there and and the ones you know the most recognizable ones and everything else you got to kind of dumb it down for people like me who don't know French and who've never been to Paris. Um, but what I find very intriguing is when you do read your stories and. Of course, it's not just about Paris because, you know, you've written about so many other cities in Europe. I mean, a lot of your work is focused in Europe and World War II. Um, and so, you know, you've written about a, a lot of that region. How, and you just touched a little bit, but how does Paris kind of set itself apart from a Warsaw or a London or in the Balkans or something to that effect that you've had other books set in? Paris went through two basic um, scenarios as a city. Um, the first scenario began in 1940 when when France surrendered um, and Vichy was established. Um, and at that time, uh, I think maybe a lot of Parisians didn't care, particularly uh, France still suffered from the Great War. They lost huge amounts of people. They were never prepared to fight the next war, and they didn't. I mean, they did the best they could, and a lot of people died. But basically, they, they were uh, an, an, a nation that was incredibly vulnerable, ergo a city that was incredibly vulnerable. But Paris was spared much of the German uh, vengeance, you know, for all the past wars that they lost to the French, 1870 and so forth. Um, it, it, uh, it, it was a place for the Gestapo to come and experience. It was like a kind of toy to the Germans. It was a prize, booty. Mm-hmm. And um, they treated it that way. Then in time, starting around 1942, which is the reason the book starts there, there began to be resistance activity in Paris. Very disorganized at first. Um, the first act of uh, the resistance was to, uh, um, a, uh, an engineer, German engineer, was shot in the metro. And there was no sense to it. It was just kind of momentary and instinctive thing on, on the part of someone who had a pistol in his pocket. Uh, but it, it became quite organized eventually, and the Germans began fighting back after 1942. So I picked that, that deep for the book because um, that's, that's when things started to get far more serious and, and the Gestapo began to fight back in, in, in a serious way against the various parts of the resistance. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about Paul Ricard, um, you know, the unsuspecting novelist in your story. Tell us a little bit about Paul. He is um, a novelist like me. He writes um, thrillers. Um, There's an opening sequence of of, uh, his writing, uh, his his newest book, uh, which is called Midnight in Trieste. Um, and you get you get a, a sample of that, and guess who it sounds like? Well, it sounds like me. <laughs> you know, I I thought at first that I was um, making fun of myself writing that, but it it isn't fun. It's actually a really good paragraph, and although his name is on it, it's really a lot like what I write. And Ricard is a novelist in a way, kind of like I am. He he grew up with it and there was never really any choice for him as to vocation he was um, he was a, bo- a born writer and then he meets of course Layla and how was the dynamic between the two of them when you first started writing how did you feel that this was going to kind of work itself out oh it was instantaneous um, one of those character she's one of those characters who who any novelist will tell you who wrote herself if that makes any sense to you i always knew what her yeah 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 next, yeah what her next line was going to be um um and i described her a certain way gave her a turkish background uh because paris is a very cosmopolitan city and it has all kinds of people in it and she is in fact um a spy and I think one of the things she says about it is that um, she comes to it by way of her family, that, that, that this family has been in the spying business, if you want to call it that, um, for generations, back to the Renaissance. And I always imagine that there are such families. I don't know any, <laughs> but, but I believe, I, I bet you there are, let's say that. So when you kind of now do you do do you outline ahead of time or are you more just like an organic writer? Well, I like to think I outline ahead of time. I always do, and my outline tends and I, it looks to me like the outline of a whole book, and and that makes me feel a lot more secure starting out. And then by around page sixty, given given the rather terse way that I write things. Um, that that outline is exhausted. So from there, I am an organic writer and and allow the uh, events that um, precede page 60, manuscript page 60, um, to now start to play out organically, although I have a general idea where the book is going. So you, so you kind of outline like the idea, the kind of framework of it, and then you kind of just let the rest just fill it, just kind of fill in the blanks as you go along. That's what I have to do. That's just yeah. apparently the way the writer inside me, um, which is almost like a separate person, that's the way that that individual consciousness proceeds. And so how many surprises or things did you get along the way while you were kind of, you know, going through that process and, you know, you kind of got to the end and you kind of look back and you're like, well, I didn't figure this was going to happen. <laughs> I do. I do. There's no, there's no question about that. Um, absolutely no question about that. Um, it, it's, um, 
what's that word? It uh, it means um, happy coincidence. I can never remember that. Okay, word. yeah, happy coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and and you know, and when you're writing, you know, again, when when you're writing a book that the setting has to be a character. I mean, that's basically the third character in the novel is 1942 Paris. Um, how conscious are you of that making 1942 Paris that third main character? Completely conscious of it. Completely conscious of it because remember that every writer is a reader before he or she is a writer. And as True. a reader... I really like background. I really like ambiance. Um, I really like uh, to to have the feel of a place, and and I like writers who are good at that. Mm-hmm. Now, when you kind of look back over you know over the history of your books, um, you know some of the ones, of course, you know Dark Star and Kingdom of Shadows, and, and um, what is it, the the World at Night? I, some of the things like that that kind of that kind of stand out to me. How would you kind of place this book kind of in that vein on the bookshelf? I mean, would you kind of say it fits right into there? Would you kind of put it and say, hey, you know, it's a little bit different? Uh, you know, how, how would you put that into your, into your library now? I think it's really a little bit different than what came before. But um, it, it includes a lot of things that made me happy in earlier books. Um, for example, I like, I won't do it again, but I've used professions often as the, the seed material of books. In other words, um, I think it's called Kingdom of Shadows. Um, that's about Hungarians. And so uh, to the degree that that, that that book takes place in Paris, um, it's the Hungarian community in Paris. Um, and then, you know, and then there's there's a book called um, what's it called? It's about a sea captain in any event. Dark voyage. Dark voyage. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I really like. Other people really like that book. And the reason I chose a sea captain is if you look at the professions that were prominent mm-hmm. during the war, especially um, uh, a, a sea captain was was a crucial a crucial profession that became involved in the war. Mm-hmm. And how, uh, when other countries, uh, especially like in Europe, when they read your books, of course they have a much different sense of what it was like during that time because it was there. I mean, they were living it. I mean, we never had a war in our land. The closest we've ever had, of course, was Hawaii, so we've never had to experience that sensation and that horrific part of, of what war is actually like. So when they read your books and then they kind of get that sense, they must have a much different view of when they email you and they talk to you about them. What are some of the things that they give you that you, that you would never get from, like, an American fan? Um, I don't really get much fan mail. I'm, for whatever reason, I have lots of fans and I sell a lot of books, but the, people seem to read the novels and enjoy them but they don't feel compelled to want to talk to the author about it. They sort of take what I do as a given. That may not be true of other writers, but that may be um, especially the case with people who write about contemporary reality, whereas I'm writing about a very different reality. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, 
I am a historical novelist, and that right. that's my favorite kind of novel to read um, because it particularly takes you away from the time and place where you find yourself. Um, so uh, that, that's very important to me because it's something I like, and it's something I like being, and it's something I'm comfortable doing. So I, I, a lot of the reading I do uh, really has to do with background, with, with what people were eating and, and what they were wearing and, and all, all the rest of the, of the daily reality. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing is that if people ever go on, like, your Amazon page and they kind of look and they want to look down to kind of see, you know, maybe who said something about your books – how did Tom Hanks get a cop? Which one did he? Which one did he read that he kind of that, that he blurbed and said first never stops astounding me. I'm cu- I'm just curious which which book he talked about. I I don't know which book it is. I know oh. which book he's making a movie about. Or <laughs> anyhow, it's it's um it's being um, I, I think it's getting Wait. a screenplay written. Um, I don't think I okay. should say the name of the writer. That might that might be a private thing. But that book is uh, Mission to Paris. Um, oh, okay. So that's a book that Spies of the Spies of the Balkans. Sorry, my my friend. Okay. Spies of the Balkans. Oh, it's Spies of the Balkans. Okay, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah and that's another a, area a, a, like the Balkans. It, it, you know what that is? It's a cop novel. It's about okay. a policeman in Salonica. Um, and I, I really, I really like the novel that way because he is a man who takes care of people as a policeman. As, mm-hmm. as, as many, many, any policeman will tell you that th- that their primary job is protecting and taking care of people mm-hmm. um, ag- against those elements that attack them. Um, Mm-hmm. And he's very, very much like that. And, and it's, it will be very interesting to me to see if Tom Hanks um, finds, you know, picks that particular thing. But he picked that particular novel, um, so uh, I, I wait. He, and he, he, of course, has, will be the lead, and, and he will play the, the policeman. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's outstanding. That's, I mean, that's a great accomplishment for that. That's, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Now, uh, the 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 one thing that I was all you know that I'm kind of interested in too is when when you kind of look back and you know and you kind of look back at your career. Have you written kind of the book that 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 you you know that that you really wanted to kind of get out here historically? Because like I said, when you kind of put all of your works together, it's like a massive historical novel of the time and the place back then or do you still have another you still have some more stories from more cities that you're that, that you're gonna that you're gonna keep telling in this vein in the still the world war ii and in the europe part what's happened to me right currently and this has been a 30-year career mm-hmm. but what's happened to me currently is that a, a lot of my reading um and a lot of this has to do with my new book um, which is called uh, a Dark Alliance, or will be called that. Maybe if Random House likes that title, but they like it okay. so far. And basically, that is what I would call a resistance novel. It's a novel of the mm. French Resistance, and I think I can write that for quite a while now, especially from the standpoint of the Special Operations Executive, the SOE, 
um, which uh, were the were the English fighting the Germans in in the third country in France. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, now, and the resistance. Now, the French resistance. That's much different than like the French military. Because I, I I'm telling, I'm asking because I'm not really sure. And that's something that I would be interested to know. So that's something that's different than the military, the resistance. It's more like freedom fighters and people like that just trying to do something aside from the government. As you read closely in the period, you begin to realize, yes, but these, yes, it's it's true um, that what's true is that in the French resistance, um, Former military people were very prominent. They didn't go away. Um, mm-hmm. They they were. I guess the military basically was dissolved. There was a small force left that Vichy operated, but basically a lot of the people in the resistance were already soldiers, um, and a lot more of them were policemen. Um, there were people who did not find it strange to have a gun in their hands and did not find it strange to to fight. Huh. Not, 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 that, not that there weren't cheese merchants and, and drapers and, and really a lot of women. And, and one of the things I like about um, um, the, the book uh, uh, Under Occupation, I like, I like mm-hmm. writing strong women characters. And, and there were plenty of women involved in the resistance. Um, for one thing, France was missing a lot of men um, who were in prison camps or who had been sent into Germany to do slave labor, and, and that left the women. And, and the women were terrific fighters. Uh, and, and for quite a long time, the Germans never, ever thought that a woman could pick up a gun and fight, and, and they were turned out to be quite wrong about that. <laughs> They were quite wrong about that, weren't they? <laughs> so, Alan, uh, again, uh, as we kind of as we kind of wind up here, what is the best place for everyone to find out as much information as they can about all of your works? Is it just your website, alanfirst.net? I guess so. Yeah, I've never I've never okay. really looked at that aspect of my career. I concentrate far more on writing books. Um, than than I do about being um, the uh, a, a person that has a, a fan clubs and things like that. There are writers who specialize in that, I think, but I'm not one of them, and basically I don't have the time to do that. I spend much more True. time reading and writing than I, than I go, you know, I think I've been on Facebook twice. I should do more oh, that's social good for media. You, yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I don't say that it's not a good thing. It's a, it would be a great thing for me. But um, I once or twice have tried finding people to sort of do that on my behalf, and that hasn't yet been successful. Um, yeah. So there, you know, there. It's a kind is. of a black hole to fall into, isn't it? Once you, when <laughs> yes, you get, once you get into that, yes, once you get into that social media hole, you just can't get out. It's like Alice in Wonderland. I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's true of a lot of people. Um, yeah. But that's yeah. not true of me. I very rarely look at it. Well, Alan, I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today a little bit here about Under Occupation, your latest novel. Again, it is out now. You can find it in whatever format you want it, Kindle, audiobook, hardcover, CD. You can get them in all of them. Um, Again, Alan, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Wish you nothing but the best. Congratulations. 
on the, you know, not only on that, but the Spies of Balkan with Tom Hanks, and then your next book coming out that you're working on. Can't wait to see what you got going on. Thank you very much. Great interview, John. All right. I enjoyed doing it. You have a good one. Thank you. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.